Hey everybody, welcome back once again to the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Happy New Year, happy 2019. I'd, uh, I'd shake your hand, but uh, I'm actually holding two ice cream cones right now. We're here to talk about culture and think about culture in a way that honors God and in a way that takes every thought and every cultural sphere captive to King Jesus. I'm Ryan Aris, and we are back with episode 16 of season 2 of the podcast for Cultural Reformation. Marcus Pittman is my guest today. He's a filmmaker and the director of the film Babies Are Murdered Here. He's currently working on a follow-up to that film called Babies Are Still Murdered Here, and we talk about changing the legislation on human abortion. Marcus talks about the storytelling power of film media, we talk about the professional pro-life lobby and their lack of vision, their lack of an end game, and about the importance of engaging with local government in the fight against abortion. Marcus Pittman, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Oh, and I've been looking forward to it. <laughs> so, Marcus, we've... Uh, We've crossed paths a few times, and uh, I've appreciated your work uh, with Apologia, and and then recently, uh, sort of in and around the uh, the stuff you've been doing there, uh, you put out a video a few years ago called "Babies Are Murdered Here," and you're now working on a follow up to that. Yes. Can you just uh, you just tell me uh, tell me about that uh, that film that film series? and uh what you're what you're trying to do with it yeah so the first the first movie i made i asked people well so what happened was my friend john speed was wanting me to come to his church to film a little promo commercial for his church so i went and uh he got the plane ticket back early so he got it at 8 a.m on sunday instead of 8 p.m on sunday so I wasn't able to uh, go to his church and film any of his church. So I was like, well, you know, is your church doing anything this weekend? And he was like, well, we're going to the abortion clinic on Saturday. So I, I went with him to the abortion clinic, and this guy made this sign that said babies are murdered here that I just it just stood out to me. And uh, I kind of took the stuff that we did that weekend and made a trailer from it. And from that trailer, uh, we actually got um, – some a little bit of money we only i think we only raised like five thousand dollars to make this movie or whatever and uh so it wasn't over the course of making the movie too which was a year so we didn't get any money i think like every money i got uh every bit of money i got i just used on a flight somewhere but over the course of making the movie people saw the trailer and they started making their own babies murdered here signs and from those signs like this whole movement started um, of people going out to the abortion clinic uh, for the first time and saving babies and preaching the gospel out there. And that is what started, you know, Jeff Durbin at Apologia saw the movie and he saw End Abortion Now. And so from End Abortion, uh, he started End Abortion Now, of course. And mm -hmm. so from starting End Abortion Now, we have like 300 churches that are out there that are preaching the gospel, that are um, being trained. So essentially what happens when you sign up for an abortion now is uh, we uh, talk to your elder to make sure that your elder is on board and will oversee your work at the, at the clinic. And if 
from there, we have videos you can log into and train, and then we send you all the signs and resources that you need. And plus, you know, you have an open phone line if you have any questions or need any advice or, you know, get into legal trouble. We can uh, kind of like, uh, you know, help you if you have any legal questions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so like, you know, you have open line. And so that's, that's the great thing about an abortion now is, is, is we're not really overseeing these ministries The local churches are overseeing the ministries like they're supposed to. And we're yeah. just offering yeah. help and resources and it costs churches $0. We don't ask for any money, um, to get the signs or to sign up or to register or to get the training. It's all free. It's all completely free. And so that's made possible by people that donate to endabortionnow.com. And so if you donate to endabortionnow.com, you help fund these churches getting started, save who knows how many babies, because those uh, ministries that are started at the church are going to go on, um, you know, even if Apologia or Endabortionnow isn't here, they're going to continue on afterwards. So we don't have anything yeah. to really do with their day-to-day. So it's amazing. Who knows how many babies will be saved from that. And um, this year, we're looking at getting the church in the same way the church is getting out there on the street fighting abortion um, in front of the abortion clinics. We're looking to get the church now to speak to their local city council representatives and the sheriffs and stuff like that. So that is the point of Babies Are Murdered Here too. Um, so uh, Babies Are Murdered Here too is called Babies Are Still Murdered Here. And we're going to talk about why babies are still being aborted in America, even if uh, you know millions and millions of dollars are being spent in lobbying and campaigning and all these things. So, yeah, yeah. So maybe uh, maybe say a little bit more about um, I guess what uh, what would be called like the professional pro life lobby. Um, I know that uh, like you know t- to look at it, if you're just sort of skimming the headlines, it looks like pro life. The pro life position is pretty well represented. Um, but we're we're actually we're not actually seeing the uh, the kind of results that we should be expecting from from organizations with that kind of that kind of budget those kinds of resources uh, those just those kinds of numbers why are uh, why are they why are they not doing uh, the uh, the sort of their stated job yeah so representative Steve King uh, is a congressman I believe in Iowa. And he spoke on the floor of the House of Representatives and essentially said that um, the reason pro-life lobbies, uh, the pro-life laws don't get passed is because of the pro-life lobbies. So there's some unwritten rule that essentially says the major pro-life lobby groups have to all unanimously agree on a law until a congressman can uh, bring that to the floor. And uh, so he was saying that, you know, a lot of the good bills that they have or they want to introduce into the House and the Senate are rejected by the pro-life lobbies. Now, those pro-life lobbies uh, function in a way that is uh, very publicly – I mean they don't hide this at all. They're actually proud of it uh, um, anti-religious, anti-Christian – so they're 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 funded and run major by by a vast majority of uh, Roman Catholicism. Uh, that is the foundation of how these lobbies are run, and so they're getting money from all these other organizations, and they're taking this money and they're, you know, paying off you know politicians to pass laws that make them look good. 
like a heartbeat bill or whatever. And a lot of these laws, there's no intention of these laws either one working or functioning properly uh, in a way that, you know, uh, punishes abortion clinics. And two, uh, they, 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 they're, they're not really, they don't have an end game. Like these laws don't have an end game. Like there's no real damage done to the abortion industry because of these laws. Um, an example of that would be the recent um, Ohio law that was passed by the Senate and the House in Ohio. It was right. a heart. It was a heartbeat law. Now, if you look at that law, you go, "Oh, wow, that's good. Any any baby with a heartbeat can't have an abortion." But the determination, or who gets to determine if a heartbeat is there, is the abortion doctor. So the abortion doctor gets to determine has to determine if he heard a heartbeat or not, and if. Uh, you know anything about doing an ultrasound, you, you, there, there's a million ways you can do an ultrasound and not hear a heartbeat. For sure. So, yeah. So, cause it's not, it's not a, it's not a, a vaginal um, ultrasound they have to do. Mm-hmm. And so, and so it, uh, you could, I mean, you could put, you could stick the wand in the armpit um, and not hear a heartbeat. And he could say, well, you know, no heartbeat. And then he also in that Ohio law, he also uh, has the deter- he had the ability to determine if abortion is a medical necessity, and so obviously abortion doctor can determine you know any mental issue or whatever uh, you know mental trauma that this woman's going to have because she has a baby, a medical necessity. So so there's no I mean these laws don't mean anything other than the pro life lobbies being able to go to their people and saying look at what we did we tried to pass this heartbeat bill in Ohio. Um, even though it means nothing, we tried to pass it, but John Kasich vetoed it, which by the way, John Kasich was, uh, endorsed by the pro-life groups in Ohio. And, you know, who knows how much money he was given or whatever to, 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 in that, in that endorsement. And so, and then John Kasich went and vetoed it. And then the pro-life lobbies post articles with pro-life governor in quotes as if like, he's not really pro-life. Mm-hmm. And they're joking him, and it's like, well, you guys put him up and said he was pro-life. Mm-hmm. You know, you you guys told people to vote for him because he's the most pro-life governor ever. So, so they're really not effective. They boldly talk about how the fact that they don't care about the gospel and, um, they have no end game. They don't care about actually ending it. They're not in a rush or a hurry. Um, um, it it's just another day for them um, to keep going. So that's right. why. The pro-life lobbies are a failure. So the I guess the question has to be asked: Well, if the pro-life lobbies are a failure, how do we get involved in legislation? And what I want to do through the movie is I want to say: Well, we get involved with legislation by individuals in the church, be they pastors or laymen, going to their local city councils and speaking before the civil magistrates, getting to know their names, getting to know them personally, you know, inviting them to coffee if you can, or like sitting in at their office and having a one-on-one meeting with them, doing whatever you can to make sure that the city council members know um, who you are and what you stand for and what you want them to do, and and uh, and calling them to repentance and to follow God's law. Um uh, and, and and to be brave and courageous. So so that's that's the goal, and that's what I hope this movie does is get people to go before their city council. Mm-hmm. So tell me, uh, tell me what what it is about about filmmaking. Um, I mean, the 
obviously the end game um, you've articulated pretty clearly. What's the uh, what's the advantage or what's the draw with the with the filmmaking medium that uh, that just that makes it uh, makes it the the right choice for this kind of work? Well, the great thing about film is that it it encompasses a whole multitude of art forms in a combined art form. So um, just like a play has acting and music, a film has, you know, photography and, um, and music and writing and storytelling. And all of these things are combined uh, together as one uh, art form that tells a story. But the great thing about a film I would say is one, it's a powerful medium because uh, it's so, it's, it can be so clearly articulated beautifully and visually exactly what you, what uh, needs to be said. And Hollywood knows this worldviews mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. propagated through television, through the film, through film, uh, pretty much every artistic medium, um, is is owned essentially by the liberals right now and the anti-christian world with an anti-christian worldview and so they're using this medium to uh normalize homosexuality and normalize adultery and sexual fornication and and normalize transgenderism and so you're seeing them use this medium it's education right so film is education and so they're using it as a as a means uh to 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 speak against the God of the Bible. And what we have an opportunity to do now, because film is so incredibly decentralized, the cost of making a movie is so cheap in comparison to what it used to be. It used to cost hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars just to have, you know, one video camera. And now we can get a a pretty decent setup for about two grand or less. Um, And you can make an entire movie on that. All all the editing software you can get at home. It's the same editing software that the pros use in Hollywood, everything is, um, uh, we're, we're all at the same level now. And so now the only difference is, uh, the quality of the work that the individual does, not the amount of money that the one has behind him. And so, so the great thing about using film for this specifically is I can get this message out there in a way that people will watch it. They're used to watching it. And, um, and it, it it won't cost them anything to watch it. I, th- I think you're probably right, and that makes total sense. Um, but as as you're talking about how most of the uh, like most of the Hollywood and the f- film production, these creative studios are owned by God haters. Um, I think I think, and you can correct me, but I think most of the major streaming platforms that's the case for them as well, right? Yeah, like, so, uh, like YouTube, Amazon, Vimeo, anywhere that uh, films are watched in any kind of volume, uh, you're gonna you've got the same kind of uh, kind of issue. Correct. So, uh, I, I think a lot of this is because Christians, whenever whenever there's a new technology that comes out, whenever there's a new uh, form of communication, Christians are usually the first to be fearful of it. And, uh, a lot of that's good intentioned. I remember, you know, 10, 10, five, 10 years ago when, you know, when, when, you know, uh, Facebook was just coming out and social media was becoming a thing. 
there are all sorts of sermons on people saying be cautious of social media and you know you can't have like real uh connections and relationships from social media and and all this stuff and meanwhile the liberals were just flat out just embracing it they were making videos they were getting big on it they were telling stories and becoming stars and you know meanwhile and so 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 what, what our attitude should have been towards social media our attitude should have been look at this tool god has given us let's take it over and use it for the glory of god um in a way that you know uh, is 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 uh consistent with his law and so but it's usually not that it's always warnings and um stay uh stay away from it that's usually what we get first and then, as everybody else around us, the liberals and the uh, pagans and the unbelievers, start to adopt it, and it becomes more a part of culture, then Christian go Christianity goes. Oh yeah, we can use it too. But by then, it's already too late. And so mm-hmm. that you know, th- this happened with you know radio, and this happened with television, and 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 you know all the communication mediums and movies and theaters and. Um, so, you know, I, I read some quotes of Spurgeon warning against the theater and, and, sure. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so it's, remember, it's not the art form that's evil. God created art. He's, uh, you know, standard of all that is good and beautiful. And so he created art and has given us art and he, you know, told Adam and Eve, you know, Adam and Eve's job was to beautify the garden and to make it, uh, beautiful. And, you know, so Adam and Eve's first role I mean, Adam's first job was indeed a creative job when he was to name the animals. That's an um, artistic role that he had, and so, and 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 so so uh, you know, and we see the artwork forming throughout Genesis when with uh when we see the genealogy, the first genealogies, we see the guys that came up with brass and iron and music and a harp and a lyre and all these things. And so, like yeah. art was always you know from the start. Um, even if you look at the building of a temple and, you know, Exodus, uh, 35 and, you know, you can look at like the, the, the minerals that washed up into the garden of Eden through the rivers are the same minerals that God required in his temple. You know, uh, God dwells in beautiful places and, um, he, he, and, and so he's given us, um, you know, the job of beautifying the earth and taking over the world. And so, so we need to use these mediums uh, to 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 beautify the earth, to tell of God's glory and His gospel, and so that is you know why art is so important. Um, it's so important, and and the other thing too, in terms of why tell this story with media, it's because everybody in this nation right now learns and absorbs worldview information through media that is how our nation communicates we communicate mm-hmm. through whether it's watching you know 24-hour cable news or watching the local news or watching movies or tv shows that is how our nation communicates and tells stories and so it's important for christians to be involved in that as well so right on no i like that um, so I, I wanted to uh, I want to give you some more time to talk about uh, about the film in particular. Uh, babies are still murdered here, um, but uh, I just I just want to uh, want to get your your take on something here. One one of the things that uh, that we often hear uh, with the Ezra Institute and part of, part of the, the work that we're involved in is training up and uh, working with lawyers and other legal professionals. 
on understanding the Christian calling in law in the public sphere. And a lot of the time, um, initially, some, a lot of the pushback that we'll get uh, will come from, from well-meaning Christians. And it, uh, it takes the form of something like, uh, you can't legislate morality. And, well, and that's here, crazy. Uh, that's the only thing you can legislate according to Scripture. So Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I Romans, mean, I... thir- Romans 13 says that the state is an agent of justice towards those who do evil. Mm-hmm. So, so literally, they bear the sword for one purpose: it's to regulate morality, and right. and there, and 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 all law is moral, right? Like taxation is a moral issue. You know, all these other things are more. Should we go to war? That's a moral issue. So, I mean, even all those other extracurricular things that don't necessarily have to do with determining what is and is not a crime that the government should do. Those those things are moral decisions. Like taxation is about stealing. You know, yeah. how much should we steal from somebody? Um, you know, if it's if it's forcible taxation, and so so all those things are moral issues. You can't get around the fact that um, that that's true, and that's the problem. I'd say with the libertarian party, especially in America, the libertarians uh, take that line. They say you can't regulate morality. You know, right. so prostitution right. should be legal, um, you know, but but then you have, well, OK, well, if, you know, prostitution should be legal or abortion should be legal, why is murder? You know, that's morality you regulate. Right. So mm-hmm. so <laughs> so rape, you know, that should be legislated. They, they wouldn't want, you know, the government to not uh, convict rapists. So. So there, that position doesn't hold up, and that's why you have a split, I think, within the Libertarian Party, which is the party in America that I would say most closely represents the Old Testament laws and Scripture. But even then, even then, you you have they don't have an objective standard, and they're not claiming the Bible as their standard. They're claiming basically uh, economic freedom as the yeah. standard um, that. Uh, just it doesn't it doesn't have any real basis uh, in anything. It's really abstract. Their standard. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think I think Doug Wilson said it. Uh, he was talking about um, Christian reformers. And he said you're not you're going to be. Like, he said something like you can't actually be a libertarian, but people are going to call you a libertarian if you're doing it right. Right. That's right. So. Yeah, so I I don't call myself a libertarian. I I, I call myself a, maybe a theocratic libertarian if you really want to get nuanced with it. But <laughs> but I, I I the the problem with the libertarian party is one, you know they I think they just made it on their platform like abortion should be a state's issue, but it shouldn't be illegal, and so that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so and so their basis for that is, you know, a woman has a right to choose or whatever. Now, you do have this humanist philosophy within libertarianism that they call the non-aggression principle, which means that uh, libertarians shouldn't uh, uh, practice aggression on other people. And so some of them would say that um, – abortion is an act of aggression on another person while other libertarians would say well it's not a person 
<laughs> the yeah. fetus is not a person. So, so again, without having an objective standard, it's just all jello um, internally. So it's just, it's not um, a good basis. No, for sure. They're kind of start trying to start at like step 2.2. Right, right, right. As we're, as you're talking about changing legislation, um, I, th I think what, what or what it what it often uh, turns out to be when I mentioned uh, some people who who shoot back that you can't legislate morality. What what they're actually trying to say is that you know by your law you can't sort of make people good. And I mean, that's like true. that's obviously true. Law law is not gospel. Uh, law doesn't save in and of itself. That's uh -huh. right. But uh, what it uh, what it seems to me as you're t as you're talking about uh, the film Babies Are Murdered here, as you're trying to uh, as as you're working on the uh, this very decentralized end abortion now resource, um, what it's it's actually a very similar message and a similar strategy to what we're what we're trying to do here is uh, we're working on changing changing hearts and minds. It's right. You have to do that first. People. It's pe it's righteous people who are going to go go about and lobby for righteous laws. That's right. So, so uh, you know, the most important thing when we're talking about politics is local government. Like that's where all the power is. Local government is where all the power is uh, because it's easier to influence a local candidate than it is the president. Like I'm not going to be able to get a phone call in with the president. You right. Know, right. But I can call my local city council and I might even get a meeting to meet them face to face. Um, and I can send them a letter or give them a gift. I, I mean, I don't know if that's, I'm not like a gift gift, but like a, like I get, I write them a card or a letter and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. so I, I, I can actually go to them and see them and talk to them directly at the city council meetings. And so that gives the local us as locals, a stronger, um, a, a way to persuade uh, them. And not only that, we have the opportunity to preach the gospel to our local city council members directly and hold them to uh, God's law. And so that's what we've been doing in Phoenix. Um, uh, we're actually going to go again this week, and we go essentially every other week. I think there's like an open forum uh, or, or an, a, a formal city council meeting where you can go there, and if you're one of the first uh 10 people i think the first 10 people get three minutes to speak if you sign up and so that that's what we do uh we we go there and we address the politicians on the city council bench and we tell them what god's law says and we make them listen and um you know who knows what will come from that well, we don't we we don't see any fruits now but yep. later on we might and then but also um it helps us be aware of how the policy works in the city, and when there are laws that affect abortion that come up, we know exactly where each politician stands, and we can help fight to get them removed from office, or we can fight to you know keep them in if they're on our side. You know, so there's a lot of power that comes at the local office uh, that you don't get with focusing on the presidency or house and senate. So, would you say that? Uh... If there was somebody who did have the, the ear of the president, that uh, that they should do that same thing, though. Is that, does that uh, oh, strategy sure. scale up? 
Yeah, for sure. We see that with David, right? When he was told, you are the man, right? So mm-hmm. so there is, there is in Scripture, um, uh, the, 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 the church uh, government speaking to the, the, the state government. So, so we see that uh, there all the all the prophets spoke to the civil leaders and stuff like that, and so um, they're not gonna like it. Um, yeah. You know, they're not gonna like it. I was just reading through Ezra. I think it's like Ezra chapter four, and the king was trying to stop the rebuilding of Jerusalem because that city is known for rebellion and sedition against the government. That's right? right. Like that's what he said exactly, and it's mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. I was reading. It, I was like, "Wow, that is, I mean, that's amazing." So, I mean, the, we have to understand that when we proclaim that Christ is King, it is treason against statism. It is treason against um, the the government and socialism. It's treason to to stand for Christ and His law in that way. And so, uh, that's how we're going to be treated. I mean, if you look. I mean, if you look at the Christians at um, early reign uh, reform church in China that are being persecuted mm-hmm. right now, yeah, they're being persecuted for sedition against the government, right? Like that's exactly what they're being charged with, those sort of things. So they're not being charged with being Christian. They're being charged with conspiracy um, to overturn the government, which is, which is always interesting to me in persecuted countries. That's always the threat of Christianity. It's never, we just don't want Christians here, and we just don't like the Bible. It's always, we're throwing you in prison because what you are believe, what you believe, and what you are teaching, is a threat to our state, and that's how it should be. Christianity should always be a threat to the state, um, and if it's not, I don't think it's true Christianity, um, yeah. or you have a really great godly state so yeah yeah we're not talking about the church becoming the state or exercising the role of the state these are these are distinct spheres but it's uh the church has a role in calling the state to uh to uphold godly laws to overturn ungodly laws right but see so in america the church uh, the the state is be, is already becoming the church, mm-hmm. um, in the way that it determines what is marriage, right? That's right. What is gender? Those things. So those are church functions, and it's also this the state has become the church in the in the fact that it does mercy ministry, mm-hmm. so welfare and taking care of the poor and and all these things. So those are strictly roles of the church. Uh, but but the state in America has also taken on the role of the family, too, in that uh, it it's educates our children. And, yes. and, and so, so the state is all-powerful in the United States. It's not um, at all um, a small government system anymore. And I don't, e- I w- I don't even know how long it lasted um, in, in that capacity, but I don't think it was long at all if you look at history. Uh, mm-hmm. But but if you but if you but if you if you think about it, we have a state who has taken on the role of the family and the church. That's the very definition of tyranny. And a Christian yeah. understanding of law is going to have to require that the the state take two giant steps back from those areas 
and reduce in size, and that's only going to be seen as you know rebellion. Um, Absolutely. Of anybody teaching that, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Marcus, uh, where can uh, or may I'll, I'll back up. Um, how how can people get involved with uh, with end abortion now? With uh, babies are murdered here. What uh, this is a project that's forthcoming. Uh, what's uh, what what uh, what can people do to to uh, be involved with this? Yeah. So if you want to stay up to date with it, just subscribe to Apologia Studios on YouTube. Um, that's where the film will be released. We'll be putting out trailers as um, uh, as the film progresses. And we we just started filming last weekend on it. And so uh, interviewed some really great people. We'll announce those names later. Um, but so we, we interviewed uh, some people and um, we're I'm going to be going to the March for Life in Washington, D.C. So I'm probably going to do some vlogs about that um, when I'm there. And uh, just trying to keep everybody up in the loop on at Apologia Studios. And then the movie will be released on that channel um, for everybody to see. And uh, we'll see about um, when the date is as we get closer to uh, wrapping production for sure. So, so, But if you go to endabortionnow.com, you can fund the film. I think we're, uh, we still need 30 thousand more dollars uh so we were trying to raise 400 we got three hundred and thirty thousand dollars within two weeks which is a, quite a blessing but we still need thirty thousand dollars to fund the film and not all, not just the film uh this year you're funding you know all the churches that we help send materials to and train and equip all around the world so uh so just go to endabortionnow.com slash donate and you can contribute there or just go to endabortionnow.com and you can sign up your own church and 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 that that way. So that that'd be awesome if you if if you don't have the money but you really want to serve at the abortion clinic, go there and sign up and we'll give you everything you need to know and um every sort of material or resource you need. We're trying to take away any excuse someone might have for not yeah. going to the abortion clinic. So Yeah. That's fantastic. Marcus, God bless you. Thanks for uh being on the show and uh do keep us posted. We'll uh, we'll look forward to uh, to seeing how the film progresses. Yeah, 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 man. Thanks, thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks for being here. All right. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please take a moment to like, share, and rate the podcast on social media and your favorite listening platform. For more resources, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca.